Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Joining us on the phone from my old stomping grounds, the great state of Maryland, we have Tammy Hardy. Tammy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I greatly you appreciate it. are a retired Montgomery County, Maryland police officer, and I'm not going to say this to be harsh, you're also a recovering drug addict. Uh, it's tough to swallow to hear those words, but uh, I was addicted to uh, oxycodone, definitely. The reason I said it that way is because, you know, there's two, the, the, the occupation of police officer, people have tremendous stereotypes in their mind about what an officer is like. And, you know, they're almost always not true. And there's also tremendous amount of stereotype that goes around with the term drug addiction that people have in the front of their minds. And they, they really don't have a grasp of how prevalent this problem is, how easily someone anyone can be in a life in that situation with these heavy-duty opiate painkillers. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you survived, and I'm really, really grateful you're joining us today to tell your story. I had to um, swallow my pride a lot uh, telling my story, and I realized that what was glaring at me when I would read my words back were people, especially our blue blood, need to hear this that uh, I, I can tell you that I certainly, you know, when I started the Academy, which actually would be uh, July 17, 2000, you know, I in a million years would have told you that I would have finished, you know, in a higher rank uh, capacity. Um, I would have retired on a normal 25, 30 year, a normal retirement. Right. But things didn't happen that way. And, your, your career was um, ended very, very quickly, or say abruptly. Very abruptly. You know, one, that afternoon when my accident happened, it was April 2nd, 2007. Um, Before we go into the I accident, I, I would like people to know yeah. your impression of, of what you, you thought of being a police officer in Montgomery County, Maryland, or a police officer anywhere. Did you enjoy the job? 
I loved being a cop. I lived, breathed. I mean, if you cut my veins, there's blue running through them. My arteries is blue running through them. <laughs> I, it's something that consumed me. I still feel like I'm that person, just not in the capacity of wearing a uniform and, and, and going out and doing the job. It's very hard because it, it becomes you. It's a part of your identity. Um, you know, you were a police officer. Yeah, it's, it. a, it's it, a vocation. And, you know, when it's ended yeah. due to a line of duty injury or medical retirement for whatever reason, before you wanted to, it leaves a lot of us feeling like we're, uh, what's become of us? What do I do? Who am I now? You know, and, and honestly, um, I know I know we'll get into the accident, but the day the accident happened, I went from, and, and as a cop, you know, you get in your car and you start, and, and the minute you step in the car and you, you strap up for duty, it's, you're on, you're, you're on, mm-hmm. and you're in control of everything. And within, I had started the 12 o'clock shift that day, but within hours, I had lost almost all of my independence. Um, I would tell you that I wouldn't drive for a long time, over a year and a half, pretty much. Um, I had to ask to have somebody hand me a cup across a, uh, a table, and it was just, oh, my God, humbling. is it's, Humbling's not even the word. It just was very heartbreaking. And, you know, it, 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 things molded, and, and, and I, you know, at one point I let the – Reality set in that um, when the doctor said I might never walk again or run again, that um, at the heart of it, I still kept thinking, well, I still want to be a cop again. So (laughs) I've got to make these things happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but on a wing and a prayer, I'm going to put all my energy into taking my life back and eventually getting back on the road to some degree. And you were on the job for quite a while, and then you suffered an absolutely horrific accident. Uh, You were a motor officer in Montgomery County Police Department, correct? Yes. That is not an easy position to get into. People who don't know, to graduate from motor school in almost any major department is a a magnificent achievement in and of itself because it's not like you just get on a a Harley and you ride around town. There's a lot more training involved. The Baltimore guys, it was extensive training. I know you guys went through extensive training as well. So that had to be like a watershed moment for you. Like you've reached some sort of a pinnacle in your career when you became a motor officer. Being, you know, coming out of the Academy, uh, was a, a, a beautiful thing. It was, uh, I thought, man, I, I can't feel any better about where I am professionally. And as I, I, you know, I was on midnight shift for five, six years and, and I loved it. I mean, if you, you want to get into police work, midnight shift is, is a hell of a way to go. And I, I was sent there involuntarily as a rookie and loved it. But then I had this itch. I, and when I get that itch, it's something I've got to do. And no matter, you know, I had so many shift mates. Rose, Rose Borso, that, that you... We do a lot <laughs> of work with Rose. Uh, by the way, yeah. when you see on Law Enforcement Today, either our webpage yeah. or our Facebook page, graphics uh, for fallen officers and fallen canine, yeah. they're all done by Rose Borso, who's an uh, active-duty Montgomery County, Maryland police officer and, and a phenomenal individual. Jay, I could almost throw a stone through the woods over and hit her house. <laughs> well, when, I don't, I when you're done with this interview, <laughs> throw a couple stones at her and tell her, one's for me, one's for you. <laughs> 
Well, I would love to do that, but today's not that day for her. She, um, one of our uh, officers, uh, passed away from a medical illness. He, it, it, some type of aortic tear happened in December. He has a beautiful family. His brother's uh, a police officer, um, and they've held vigil by his side uh, until within the last week or two he, he passed. And he was her sergeant on the midnight shift. So she is attending that today. And so I'll throw a stone, just not today. Okay, another day. <laughs> so you're a motor- he was the one behind me you, saying, don't do it, don't yeah. do it. So you're a, you're a motor officer in Montgomery County. You know, I've ridden motorcycles since I was 19, uh, and I just finally gave it up about a year ago. I've never had an accident. Uh, and there's no... You are lucky. I, that's why I gave it up, because I think, do I want to go through that at 60? And the, the answer was no. There's no other feeling I can come up with, other than possibly flying, and I've never flown as a pilot, that you get the freedom you get from riding a motorcycle. To be a motor officer and have that part of your job is something, I'll be honest with you, all my years of riding a motorcycle, I couldn't comprehend the stressors involved with being a police officer in uniform on a motorcycle in a metropolitan area. It's got to be intense. It is. And I worked with a great group of um, professional, a great group of riders that, you know, to the core lived and breathed being a motor officer. And I'll be honest with you, I went to the first class. And it's two weeks long, and it is intense, and it's physical, and it's you, you will find out quickly who wants to be a motor officer or not. And I told you I had my sights set on it. So at my first motor school, that first Friday, they do a midterm. Well, not only did I, I didn't pass it, but I came down and I separated my ribs doing a 45-degree turn. Mm-hmm. So undeterred, uh, and still people saying, what are you doing? I said, I'm I've got to do it again. And luckily I was chosen to go again to a second motor school. Well, second time, it's again, two weeks long. That second Wednesday uh, in the class, we do, it was either the second Tuesday or Wednesday. We do this. It's a night pursuit class and they've got flares set up all over a a training course um, at one of our parks. And they have, you ride through gravel through wet grass and you have police officers chasing you on the motor and you have to complete it, you have to do three or five time runs. So I stood first and said, I want to go first. I want to get the get it out of me and just get it done. And I did and felt so confident that I was hot-dogging it with a couple officers doing one of the um, courses of the Iron Cross, and we were all three in this like tight area, and I came down on my right ankle, and um, I felt something painful. <laughs> Yeah. So I said, you know what? I got a couple more nights left, and I I just refused to give in. So I kept my boot on almost like as a um, a split for two more nights. Passed the class on Friday, and, and I was at Shady Grove ER getting a cast on. <laughs> I'd broken a bone in my foot. Well, that's what you but- call determination. <laughs> Folks, we are talking with Tammy Hardy, retired Montgomery County, Maryland police officer. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. Trust me, you don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Gauls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Gauls. 
proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Driving means freedom, exploration, fun, pride, flexibility, protection, friendship, independence. Distracted driving means danger, recklessness, irresponsible, chaos, police, devastation, death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Law Enforcement Today invites you to enjoy a fantastic Caribbean cruise on one of many different first responder CE at Sea cruises with free CE courses. CE at Sea Cruise Program offers multiple cruises from Texas and Florida for 2018-2019 with more to come. Enjoy cruises from four to nine nights with amazing discounted rates for first responders and their friends and family to come along too. Hurry, book your cruise today. Call 888-636-3667. That's 888-636-3667. Online at cesale.com. That's cesale.com. Be sure to follow them on Facebook. Search for FR Cruises. That's FR Cruises with an S on Facebook or email info at cesale.com. CE at Sea Cruise Program, offering up to 12 CEUs per cruise, free to attend for our group members, friends, family, with optional CEU courses for free. Get more details at cesale.com or call 888-636-3667. The Law Enforcement Today show brought to you in part by Galls, G-A-L-L-S.com. Again, their website is G-A-L-L-S.com. They've been supplying first responders, police officers, law enforcement, public safety, firefighters for more than 50 years. And we are back with a conversation with Tammy Hardy, retired Montgomery County, Maryland police officer. By the way, Montgomery County, just above Washington, D.C. I'm retired Baltimore, so that was probably about 45 minutes away. Great department, great reputation. And uh, before, I forgot to say this earlier, Tammy, thank you so much for your service. I always say this, I don't say that enough to active and retired police officers. So on behalf of me and everyone here at Law Enforcement, thank you for your service. We appreciate it. You know, that means more to me than, you know, somebody off the street saying that. I really appreciate it. I I do. But hearing it from a fellow brother and and people that have uh, walked the line, it means that much more to me. It truly does. So thank you as well, because I have 
some insight into Baltimore policing, and, and that's, that's a real tough area. <laughs> so we appreciate that, Don't get me started. Too. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> so let's, talk oh, about, sure. let's talk about your incident. So yes. life changed for you, and that's, that's an understatement. Life changed for you. You were on the police motorcycle. You're doing your tour of duty. Tell us what happened. It was April 2nd, 2007. I was going in for the uh, afternoon shift. I started at 12. And the shift started out great. I was in such a good mood. Uh, life was great. I mean, I had taken a walk with my dogs and my partner at the time. And, uh, and I even said, man, I am truly blessed before I headed out. I headed out. Just was really on top of the world. I had a great job. I was riding the motor. And I knew that day I was going to go out and do some type of enforcement. I think I opted to do seatbelt enforcement. And so I was um, southbound Georgia Avenue down in the Wheaton District, and I stopped this guy for not wearing a seatbelt. And while I was finishing up the stop with him, a call went out on uh, Georgia and Connecticut Avenue for a prop, uh, no, it was actually a personal injury collision, excuse me. And I volunteered to respond. You know, I was the young buck on the, the motor squad, and I wanted to make my mark and I wanted mm-hmm. to show them and, and I, I'm going to take some calls and, and I really love doing accidents. So I was a little distance away, but I, I volunteered. So I finished up the stop. I did a U-turn and headed northbound on Georgia and I had my lights and sirens and it's three forty in the afternoon. And, you know, a lot of that traffic is coming out of DC. Georgia Avenue goes down through Silver Spring into DC and a lot of it floods out. Well, traffic started getting thicker as I was approaching the Randolph Road exit. And as I was kind of going through cars, uh, weaving in and out, trying to make my way northbound to the accident, another call came out that now there was another vehicle involved in that uh, personal injury collision. So then I started to hoof it a little bit more. Well, everybody was moving, green light, northbound lane, except for this one car. And I remember it very well. It was was a, a Chevy Cavalier. And I tried to get around a car to, it, 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 it just abruptly stopped it. It slammed on its brakes and I had nowhere to go. If I had gone into the left turn lane or if I had chosen to come back in my lane, I'd have been decked. And so I made the decision. Um, the only thing I could do was instinctually put the bike down. Um, I turned my steering wheel and I, I put the bike down. I had slid into the, the left rear bumper of the car and my right leg took most of that momentum and I was launched over the car um, completely upside down Um, I remember my helmet skimming over top of where the driver would be sitting on her car out into the roadway and I you know I was in shock and and I looked back and I saw my motorcycle on its side the the horn still blaring and uh, it just was pure chaos, and I tried to get up because I was in shock, and I wanted to make it like, oh, I'm okay, nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. As soon as I stood up, I just crumbled. I was in so much pain. Um, and, you know, a good a civilian was asking me, what can I do, what can I do? And I asked them to reach out on my radio. And literally, I was in the intersection where I could see our fire and rescue, and our police station is right beside fire and rescue. So I don't know what happened after that, but I know a lot of people ran over and got some help. But a nurse, uh, a good Samaritan nurse, had seen the accident. She saw the entire thing. And although I, at the time, had never seen her, she was behind me grabbing my neck telling me, you know, I saw it, just relax. And, and, and everything just started to 
turn from there. And in your, my your life. injuries were quite severe. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to have that kind of motorcycle accident and not have extensive trauma, lower mid-body trauma. Was that the case for you? Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll tell you something. You, you know, if you're a motorcycle rider, and they stress this so much in, in the training, you know, had it not been for my protective equipment. Like, I had these leather, they're not boots, but it's a leather piece that goes down to your, your boots at your ankle. And had I not had those on, I, I truly think my leg could have been severed from the knee down with the impact. Um, there was, I still have the leather putts. That's what they call them. It has a big slash across the back where it took the, the hit there on that bumper, and that bumper just shattered on that side. My vest, the, I had broken some ribs, like three or four ribs underneath the right side of my vest from where I landed. I, I truly believe um, in, in the light of everything that, that occurred that day, um, I, somebody was out there looking for yeah. me um, because I, 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 don't, I think had I hit that car, and I think about it all the time, had I hit that car going head on, I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it, so, the, the sad truth is, for anybody who's done a, a long career in police work, there, we all have times where we go, I don't, I really honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, I don't know how I made it out of that okay. Or not more severely injured or killed. And I oh still my. don't have answers to a lot of those questions. No. No. And it, I remember thinking, I know in all this pain, and I mean this, and, I, and I've written this in my journals. And this is 100% true. I was hurting. I was absolutely hurting um, with the pain I was in, physical pain. But there was this resounding pain in my heart thinking, am I ever going to be able to get on a motor again? And I was embarrassed. I was humiliated because I felt like I let my brothers on the motors down. I'm like, people knew I'd been hurt a couple times. And then here I am, you know, with this whopper of an injury and, you know, all these things are running through your head, you know, and letting my solar motors down was, was definitely one of them. And, and I was embarrassed and I was humiliated. And so, you know, it's such as life. Describe your injuries. We're getting close on time for this first segment. So uh, overall, you were in a hospital, you had, you know, multiple surgeries. We'll go with that when we come back from a break. But overall, what was your, your physical condition? Initially, I thought I just broke my tibia. I, I shattered my tibia mid, midway down, and I had like four broken ribs. The treatment thereafter in those first four months that we'll talk about when we come back set the pace for the rest of my leg, and that's kind of where everything went. How long were you in the hospital total? Oh, my. Um, <laughs> it comes out to a few months. <laughs> Because I had to go back and forth. I mean, it's probably even more than that. But this was this extended literally my last surgery. They had to rebreak my leg in the fall of 2014, and that started in 2007. So it's been a long, arduous journey. It truly, and 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 just when I think I'm like, oh, I'm okay, I, you know, I just had to contact my my adjuster because I I'm experiencing some really bad nerve damage. We're going to have yeah. to take a short break. Uh, we're talking with retired Montgomery County Police Officer Tammy Hardy, severely injured in a line of duty a motorcycle accident. And we're going to talk about her long road to recovery physically and many other ways. We're going to take a short break. This is Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. 
Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Back in the studios with Tammy Hardy on the phone. Tammy, retired Montgomery County, Maryland police officer. Tammy, you're talking about this line of duty accident you had on your on your motorcycle, your police motorcycle, while you were on duty. Uh, you've had basically seven years of multiple surgeries. You know, I, I had the honor of reading an article that was published online. Uh, I can't recall the name of the website. What was that? Uh, Love What Matters. Love What Matters, about your story. And one of the things about your story that really intrigued me, there's actually two things. Number one... You know, when an officer is injured in, in a bad accident or, or a crime of violence, the, the news media will say they're not life-threatening injuries, and they also expect to survive. And they never talk about the life-changing injuries and what it does to that officer and their family and their friends and, and the rest of the department. And another thing you hit on in your story that is so appropriate nowadays is how Part of your medical treatment for all these surgeries with the opiate pain-killing medication from all of your orthopedic surgery, which is a requirement. I've had multiple orthopedic surgeries, and I don't know how people can do it without that stuff. How that very medicine turned around and created another life-threatening, severe life-changing situation for you. And as I like to say, you know, all these officers out here, my brothers and sisters, they're one call away, one bad call away from being the same position that you were in. That's the truth. I mean, it, it is the truth. And I think about <laughs> when you're young and you start out and you're taking all those calls, you're not thinking about those kind of consequences. And then a, a brother or sister gets, you know, uh, catastrophically injured and, and beside you. And, and then you start to, okay. But when it happens to you and <sighs> there are no words. I thought, and I thought I was doing the right thing when it came to pain meds. Um, you know, I endured 22 surgeries after that day. I had gotten MRSA in my leg 
and out of the fracture blisters, and I could literally take a Q-tip and tap my tibia down in this hole in my leg. And that's when things started to really get bad. Um, and I, come that July, I had taken one muscle out of my leg, one of my gash, like one of my calf muscles. So I have two of those missing. So I still have one muscle on the outside of my leg. And those surgeries were painful. When they cut my bone, they took out metal. They put it back in. They had to take it back out. They tried a different kind of metal. I got septic. I will never forget July, several months after my accident. And they sent me home after trying to plate my, my fracture. Um, and they, they discovered another infection on the other side of my um, lower leg. They were treating me with antibiotics and sent me home. Well, I got severely sick. And I, I remember my mom, God bless her, uh, my folks were taking great care of me and, and my partner, Nikki, at the time. You know, my mom could see something was wrong. I've had them put blankets and blankets on me, and, and I was just sick, and I could barely move, and my mom called the ambulance. It was that ride down to a uh, suburban hospital that it, it, things became quite sobering. Um, I, my blood pressure was 60 over 40. The, I overheard the, the fire and rescue um, relay on the radio to contact my commander. I was in grave condition. And I will never forget those hearing those words and, and then seeing the look on my, my sweet mother's face, who was a retired nurse at that point. And I was scared. I was scared for the first time that I wasn't necessarily scared about not having a leg, but not having my life. Um, so it became that, that kind of crazy. So um, after I made it out of that, I was in intensive care. I was getting blood transfusions. It, it, it was a crazy time that a lot of it I don't specifically remember, but the best thing my doctors did down at Suburban was transfer me up to the, the great men and women of um, Baltimore Shock, and then eventually mm-hmm. I followed my surgeon uh, to Hopkins. They have, they have saved countless lives. Uh, the, the, the hospitals, the trauma teams in uh, oh, Maryland my. and Baltimore, I mean, those are some gifts from God because those, those men and women perform miracles. It's unbelievable. And you try, you know, my doctor is Greg... And you try and you'll, you'll say to him, like on the anniversary of my accident, I'll send him a message. And, and, and he's former military. So he's a lot like us. He's, you know, it's like, uh, you don't have to thank me. You know, it's just part of the job. That's how we are. And that's how he has been the entire time. But I remember the first time I met him and within minutes I heard he looked at me and he said, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, you're staring down the barrel of amputation. And he goes, listen, this is the game plan. He said, um, we can take your leg. And eight months from now, have you, on, you know, in a prosthetic? And 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 then I, I said, okay, I don't want to hear that option. What's the other option? And he said, we can go through hell, and I can give you multitudes of surgeries, and I still can't promise your leg. He said, you think about it. I said, he said, I'll be back tomorrow. I said, I've already thought about it. That's what we're going to do. And I'm a fighter. You know, I'm not just going to here take it. That's and obvious. We went through hell. <laughs> I tell you, that's <laughs> obvious. Listening to you, uh, reading your story, it's obvious you're a fighter. And I don't think it'd be an understatement to say, even after all these surgeries, 22 surgeries, that your leg is still in doubt at times. It's probably much better than it was four, four years ago. But oh, there's still a chance that there could be a time in your life where you might have an amputation. Right. I, I Yeah. The last, uh, so 2015 in the spring, my surgeon, Dr. referred me to another foot surgeon at Hopkins, and he said to me, we're running out of options. 
he said, but I do have an option for you. And he said, we, we have this, it's called Nideo brace, I D E O. And he said, there's countless soldiers coming back from the war that either have a leg blown off or they have one like yours that looks like it. <laughs> People laugh and tell me to tell everybody I got bit by a shark. Yeah, my leg is, yeah, everybody that walks by, you know, you see them, they'll look at it because it's ugly. I mean, it's, you but said that. I didn't say it. that, sister. And I can tell you, I, no. I, I, can't, I can't even watch football anymore without covering my eyes. Joe Theismann injury uh-huh. years ago ruled me. Oh, my wife, my wife, is like, you can look now. You can look now. So I've seen photos of your leg where I'm going, no, no, I can't look at it. No, but you know what? A friend of mine told me, she said, that's your badge of courage. It is. And um, it made me think, you know, and, and it doesn't help me not to care for my leg because a lot of times I couldn't even look at it. They open it up after a surgery and open up the cast to show you. I couldn't even look at it because I'd just lose it. Because it represented, for me, loss in, in so many ways. So that, you know, a lot of times when I have a fitting party, that's what I focus on. And, and that got me nowhere. And at one point, you know, I had thrown in the towel and I, I t- had a friend drive me down to our human resources and I said, you know, prepare the paperwork. I can't do this anymore. Well, I couldn't do it. He handed the paperwork across the table and I said, I'm sorry. I lost it. I was crying. And, and that ride home, I said, who the hell am I? You know, I, I will walk again. I'll run again. I'll be a cop again. And I did. I came back in 2010 for three years. And that first year I came back, May 5th, 2010. I came back. Um, I even got back on the motor. But I couldn't operate the brake very well, the rear brake with my right foot, because I lost all that flexion in it. So I was burning out the brakes, and it became more of a danger for me to do it. And I didn't. I was, you know, I just didn't want to risk it anymore. I made that call. And so then October 1st of 2010, I was trying to lose some of the weight I had from just laying around the last few years. And I was running, kind of jogging, walking on a track. And I had my headphones on. I, I thought somebody shot me in my, my leg. I looked down and I just dropped. Oh. It had broken again. It had broken out of the old fracture. And um, that was October, but I went back to Hopkins and June or January 21st, uh, you know, a couple months later, I was back to full duty. So, and I rode that out until my leg just couldn't take it anymore. We're going to take a short break. We are talking with retired police officer, Tammy Hardy, courageous survivor of uh, horrible injuries. And she went through the mill physically with the line of duty motorcycle accident. But for some would say the worst was yet to come. We're going to take a short break. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 
888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-569-2507. That's 800-569-2507. Again, 800-569-2507. Welcome back to the Law Enforcement Today show with our guest, Tammy Hardy, retired Montgomery, Maryland police officer uh, on the phone. Uh, Tammy, I'm, I'm so glad you, you took time to be on the show. This is such a compelling story. Your will to survive and your will to get back to being a police officer is commendable. It's it's honorable. And it's not something that's found in a lot of people. And ultimately, you were not able to do that after trying. Yeah. But in the article I read online, all that treatment from all your orthopedic surgeries, one of the common things is that orthopedic surgeries, especially tremendous ones like you had, uh, there's no way you can recover without having heavy-duty opiate pain medication and that turned into be a a life-threatening problem for you very much you know it it, when they rebroke my leg and i got had to be put in a fixator again it looks like a cage around your leg i had had that on for 14 months previously and and it's it's its own prison sentence it's very painful and you know when they took that off in november of 2014 what what they had to do in that surgery, they had to re-break my leg in a new place and turn my ankle to match my knee joint because while I was on duty the previous couple years, it was my knee joint was growing opposite of my ankle joint. And, and with the vest and the, the belt, it was causing me incredible pain. And chronic pain is debilitating in its own right in many ways. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, I, I can remember sitting on the back deck and just, crying, just crying, thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to live the rest of my life with this kind of pain. And I don't know, remember who at that time said to me, you know, you need to see a pain management doctor because at that point I really, I was not taking anything and I've, I've always been scared to death of the meds. I mean, they would send me home after a pain pump and thank God I didn't know any better. I thought I just got sick from the flu or something. And, and it was withdrawal yeah. for a few days. I mean, that happened so many times. But 
you know, here I'm thinking, okay, I, I, I find someone that is referred to me. He's a great guy. I'm going to him, and, and he's prescribing meds. And I start taking these meds, and, and I'm feeling really good And in the beginning. And it was oxycodone, oxycontin. It was like 90 milligrams a day. And honestly, I took that religiously every day. No more, no less. Exactly what he told me. As prescribed. But over, yeah, as prescribed. I thought, heck, I'm doing the right thing. This is, but that beginning where you're feeling great and you're feeling bulletproof, that's, you get a few hours in the beginning and you're thinking, man, this is great. I'll just you know, take another one. I'm good. Well, it, it, it starts to become short-lived, and that, that brought me up to January of last year. I'd lost a partner. Um, I you're, talking about, you're talking about your personal relationship, someone, yes. uh, an intimate relationship. Yes. It had a, that yes. dramatic effect on the quality of your oh, life. Oh, my God. Well, you know, in hindsight, I, I can remember thinking, I, you know, you know, what did I do? And, and, and it was probably that I did nothing. I just was a zombie. I was barely functioning. Nothing made me happy. You know, I, I country rides and listen to music, and, and you know, I, that would make me happy. Taking my dogs, nothing was making me happy, and I was just honestly, I hid from phone calls. I hid from anybody. You know, God forbid somebody pull up on a motor from the county, one of my friends to visit me, and I mean, they had a flag for me flown over the White House when they retired me in 2014, and I recently had one of the assistant chiefs delivered to my house because I just couldn't see it. It, You know, everything was a stark reminder of what I had lost. And last January, I just, I was on my chiropractor's table. He was adjusting me and I was face down on the table and man, the tears just started coming and I was depressed very at a very low point for me in my life. And he said, what's wrong? And he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He said to me, you know, sit up, let's talk. And I said, I don't know what's going on. I said, I just, you know, I started explaining the same things. And he said, how's your diet? How's your sleep? And everything was screwed up, you know. So, and I, he said, pain meds. And, and just as he could get it out, I started defending it. I said, well, whoa, 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 I'm seeing a pain management doctor. I, I'm good. And he said, no, that's the problem. And for the first time in forever, someone explained the physiological changes that happen that, that get you hooked on this stuff. And I'll be honest, in all the time of my injury and, and even the threat of losing my leg, when he said that to me and I knew that I had to come off of them, I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. And within 24 hours, I had an appointment with my pain management doctor. He wanted me to go to rehab. I said, absolutely, I cannot and I won't. I have responsibility of three dogs and, and I'm kind of out here. My family's more Pennsylvania bound. And, well, let me just say um, this. If, if it did come up where you had to in order to, to stay clean, you, you yeah, reach out to me and we'll find, we'll find people to help you. Okay. So. Absolutely. I, I think had I been single and I, and, and I didn't have the, yeah, I, at the time and, and I'm still, I was stubborn. And, and so I knew I had a good friend who she is recovering and she's the one that said, okay, I attended some forum in Frederick on opiate addiction in the area. And, I started to educate myself and I'm like, man, I'm really tied up in this more than I, you know, I started to understand what that uncomfortableness was in the mornings when I didn't have the medicine or, um, and I was, I, I was scared. <laughs> I was, and, but I knew I had to do something. I needed to take my life back. 
And, you know, from January to June, he had me on a schedule of tapering it. And um, eventually that, that tapering stuff doesn't work. It really doesn't. That, that medicine has such a power over you. That little pill, you know, I call it, a, you know, devil. It's that little pill has so much control over you. So June, oh, was it June 2nd last year, um, I made the decision to just be done. And I didn't tell anybody. I just kind of hold up in here and you know, people were telling me, get Gatorade, this, that, and the other. I just said, screw it. And I did it. And I went through hell. How you know? sick did you get? And I can get? remember, oh my God, I was crawling down my steps to feed my dogs. I'd crawl back up. I had tremors. Like in that, without those muscles in that leg, it was an odd, pain was out of control. You you have, I don't know that I ever felt what anxiety is. I, I you know, I, empathize with people but I, I never knew what anxiety was and you're you have no dopamine your system is completely void of anything it doesn't know what's going on it's so you know just screwed up that you're you're now pulling that source of goodness away and your body is unhappy so you know you, i mean just i sweat profusely i close beside my bed just sweating and you know what that um, is what we, we've always said in police work when someone's going through the yeah. term is they're dope sick yeah you know, and I'm not saying to be judgmental, and I'm not saying to be no. harsh. You know, I, I I understand that, and I think no one or very few people, other than maybe police officers and uh, paramedics, have a better grasp of just how pervasive and uh, insidious the the drug addiction problem is, and how it really not only just kills the the addict, for lack of better words, but totally de- devastates their family. Yeah, yeah, I I, I lost years. I lost years with good people in my life. Uh, you know, this year I've gone fishing, I've hunted, I've done all these things with my dad. You know, my dad's health isn't the greatest, you know, and I miss out on a lot. And that is the sad part of it. But I, I just keep trying to stay forward. And you said to me about, you know, my accident. Have you ever watched the show Sons of Anarchy? Yes. Have you heard of it? All right. Well, there was, there was a quote, and, and I remember while I was going through it, like you said, okay, so the accident wasn't enough that now you're fighting this bigger battle with the pain meds. And it was one of the quotes in the show, and it said, every time I think maybe I'm headed in the right direction, I end up in a place I never even knew could feel this bad. And that's where I was. You know, you have these little victories along the way, and you're thinking, oh, it's going to get better. I mean, this, you know, the end of the tunnel, come on, we're there. And then I was faced head on with this addiction. And um, and I'm so glad you, you, know, you dealt with it. In the article, we're, we're running out of time. In the article, you said that yes. you, you'd never planned to have your life spiral out of control to involve drug addiction and use the term junkie. I don't think anybody does. But one of the things that people need to be aware of is this literally with these type of medications, it can happen to anyone. And a lot of who we see in the streets nowadays that are heroin addicts uh, started with pain medication after multiple surgeries. And when they couldn't get access to that anymore, they had to go to what was available. And that's street heroin. And the, the problem is just horrendous. Uh, Tammy Hardy, uh, again, thank you so very much for, for your service, the Montgomery County, and also for coming on the show. We will definitely have you back in the future and uh, get more updates. That would be great. And I just want to help. Honestly, I just want to help. And, and we're, you know, humanize our badge. We're human and, and it doesn't discriminate. It can happen to anybody, just like you said. And thank you for having me. I was honored to be a part of the show. 
When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. In every community across the United States, towns, cities, states, we have law enforcement officers. We have first responders. We have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders. From law enforcement officers, EMTs, paramedics, firefighters. In addition to that, we have heroic crime victim survivors. If you want to tell your story of survival and how you recovered and how you rebuilt your life, feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. We made it so easy to get a hold of us, too. There's many different ways. Go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. The Contact Us page of the webpage. Download our free app on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. You can contact us through the free app. You can contact us on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. Heck, send me an email. My email address is j, that's J-A-Y, at lawenforcementtoday.com. You see, we'd love to hear your story. And we know, we hear so often, I have a story to tell, but no one will give me a platform. Law Enforcement Today is your platform. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya.